a story time with the kids and then you dismiss them. Um, we're going to have them part of our whole service, but we wanted to start off the message today uh, with a story for them to engage with our theme today. And as, uh, as I share with you this story, this isn't just a story just to, just to appeal to the kids. I need you adults to listen to because it, it kind of gives us a, a head start into the message. Um, and the message today has one big idea, and this big idea is one that I kind of landed on uh, as I was reading God's Word and really preparing my own heart for going into Christmas. I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes it's really easy to either be so excited so early about Christmas and then it kind of starts wearing on you and you start to lose the excitement about all the consumerism and all those things and too many red cups at Starbucks and all those things. And um, so I I know for me, I needed something to focus my heart around this Christmas. And as I lead my family and as I think through what we're getting ready to celebrate in exactly one month from today, um, I landed on this idea of God always keeping his promises. And so today, uh, on the heels of Thanksgiving and heading into the Advent season, wanted to give us something that we can all as a family um, wrap our minds around, hopefully uh, hold on to a truth as we go into this season. And so um, as I was preparing and thinking through what this looks like, um, I, we happened to have a great book in our house that just arrived in time um, that really kind of tells this story. And so I'm going to read it for our kids, but you adults listen in. Um, and uh, and we're going we're gonna to start our message that way. And then we're going to actually respond in worship and then continue the message. And um, I'll bring out some other points for us as adults that, that I really hope we can hold on to this year. So um, the, the book is called This is the Christmas Story. Uh, I tried to get permission to like show all the images on the screen, but um, they're in the holiday season of fulfilling orders, and they didn't respond to me. So I didn't want to break copyright laws. So I'm sorry, adults. Um, I suggest you order this book, um, and you read it together with your family afterwards. But So you just listen in, and uh, the kids are going to get to enjoy this. So are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Everybody, you can come in close. Come in close. We're gonna, I'm going to try to make sure everybody can see it. Can everybody see these pictures? All right, so this is a book called This is the Christmas Story. Are you guys ready for Christmas? Yes? Awesome. We are all going to be spending the next month getting ready for Christmas, and I know that you are going to be looking at lights. You're going to be having special dinners. You're excited about presents and all those things. But I want this morning to be something that we tell a story that we will remember all through the next month, okay? So when I point to you, I might need you guys to help me fill in a word or two, okay? Can you guys do that? All right. Here we go. The Christmas story began a long time ago, but it didn't begin with a baby. It began with a promise. You see, God made a promise after Adam and Eve, the first people, disobeyed him and sin darkened the world. And God promised that someday someone would come to bring, what's that word? Light. Light. God promised that someone would come to bring light into the dark world. We're going to tell a story about this light. You guys ready for that? Many years later, God promised a man named Abraham. Anybody know the story of Abraham? God promised Abraham that he was going to make him a huge family, right? That he was going to turn him into a great nation. That his family would have more people in it than the number of what? Stars in the sky. You guys are good. I think you've been learning these stories, haven't you? And one of those people would bring light into the dark world. Abraham believed God and he praised him. Abraham's family grew bigger and bigger, just like God promised. And they became the nation of Israel. And, God, and they asked God to give them a king. So God chose a boy from a little town called Bethlehem to be their king. Who, what king was from Bethlehem? Do you guys know? Anybody know? His name was David. 
His name was Isaac. Isaac was Abraham's son, but this king's name was David. That's my name. David was a very good king, but the world was still dark. David was a good king, but he didn't bring that light that they were looking for. Then God promised David that someone from his family would be the one who would bring light into the dark world. Good job, Quentin. David believed, and he praised God. Many years later, God told a man named Isaiah to give a very special message to his people. What message do you think he was supposed to give them? That the light is coming? Yeah, he says the light of the world is coming. Isaiah believed, and he praised God. Isaiah told the people that the one who was coming would be God himself, that God would come to them as a baby, and this baby would be called Emmanuel, Jesus, which means God with us. So the people waited, and waited, and waited, and waited, and waited, and waited for 400 more years. Do you guys, can you guys imagine what it's like to wait for 400 years? How old are you? You're like five and six and seven and four. And Can you imagine waiting for 400 years? You're four. I know. It's crazy. But then one day, okay, so, so let's fast forward. We got 400 years. We're all really old. Actually, none of us would be alive anymore. But we would have told the story of what God was telling his people. Then one day, an angel named Gabriel told a young woman named Mary that she was going to have a baby. Wait, did somebody, did Isaiah tell them that a baby was coming? Yeah. And what was his name going to be? Jesus. Yeah, his name was going to be Emmanuel or Jesus. Mary was scared, but the angel told her not to be afraid. Gabriel said that the, Mary's child was a gift from God, the light of the world. God had promised his people, guys, the light is coming, and we are so excited. Mary believed, and she praised God. And Mary was engaged to a man named Joseph, and the angel visited him as well. And he told Joseph the baby was from God, and he should name the baby Jesus. And Joseph believed, and he praised God. Do you know whose family Joseph was from? Joseph was from Abraham's family and King David's family. Remember God had told them that he was going to make this happen from their families? Well, guess what? God was keeping his promises to them. Because of a law, Mary and Joseph needed to travel to Joseph's hometown. And while they were there, it was time for Mary to have the baby. What town did they travel to? Bethlehem, you guys have this story down. Good job. Into the darkness, after all that waiting, the light of the world was born. This is the Christmas story. God was making his promises come true. Mary wrapped Jesus up in a blanket and laid him in a manger where animals were fed. And that same night, some shepherds were watching their sheep in fields nearby, and suddenly angels filled the dark sky, singing because Jesus was born. What did the angels sing? Anybody remember? You know, they say, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. And these shepherds hurried to find Jesus. He was right where the angels said he would be. The shepherds believed, and they praised God. He was in the manger when the shepherds came. Later, wise men called Magi saw a bright star in the sky, and they followed the star across the desert, and they found Jesus, the light of the world. The wise men believed, and they praised God. Listen up. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus came to be the light of the world. The Christmas story began with a promise, but it also ends with one. 
okay, we, we started with a promise. What was the promise? What was the promise that God made? That he was going to send the light of the world? That he was going to send a rescuer? But we also have another promise. You know what that promise is? Jesus, who came as a light into the dark world, said that one day he will return. And the world will never be dark again. So we have two promises. So we believe and we praise God. Guys, as we go into Christmas, do you guys think that you're going to see a lot of lights? Yeah, you're going to see a lot of lights. Are you going to go on a tour of lights in your neighborhood or put lights on your house? What do you guys think you can think of when you see lights on those houses or when you put lights up in your windows that go on every night? What can you think of? That Jesus is the light of the world. We can think about presents because presents are really great because Jesus came as a gift to us. But let's also think about Jesus being the light of the world coming into darkness, okay? God kept his promise and we are really thankful. I remind you that our big idea this morning is that God always keeps his promises. Uh, And I don't know how that statement hits you this morning. Some of you might look at me and say, duh, of course he does. Uh, Because you've experienced that. Uh, you can hold on to that. That truth is real to you. Um, for some in this audience this morning, you might be in a place where uh, maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe, maybe I say that and you're like, <clears throat> I want to believe that, but that's hard. Um, and I hope this morning that you can walk away as we trace just this one little theme through a few different passages in God's word that you walk away seeing how God has kept his promises to his people. And I hope you walk away with a little more confidence, a little more comfort, a little more reassurance of who God is, uh, of his goodness, of his faithfulness to his people, to us. Um, and I'm excited to, to unpack these scriptures a little bit more. Um, and maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I don't, I don't even know who this God is. Uh, I, I don't believe this stuff. I'm, I'm in town because family and uh, I, I'm here because this is what we do on Thanksgiving morning uh, after, after the holiday. Um, and we're glad you're here too. I hope uh, today might crack open a door of recognizing God, recognizing this story isn't just this little cute thing that happened at Christmas and gives us an excuse to celebrate and spend money, uh, but that this thing is, is a story that has been woven throughout history and that God has done an amazing work um, and that that's why we're here. We don't celebrate just because of a baby, but as we just read to these kids and as, as we're trying to, to remember ourselves that we're here because of a promise that God made and that we can see that promise made over and over and over again. We see that promise fulfilled, and then we see another promise coming. And so this morning, I hope that wherever you are in understanding that, recognizing that, believing that, that this morning is something for you that uh, you'll be renewed, refreshed, energized by this reality, by understanding who Jesus is, and that the light of the world, this theme that you're going to hear it sung, you heard it sung this morning, you'll see it in some of the themes of of these carols that we sing over the holidays, uh, that it's more than just uh, the baby in the manger, but it's much bigger. And so um, I just want to give a little context to three different passages. All of them were kind of referenced, actually, in that story that we just read. Um, And I think they trace through a little bit of this idea of light and darkness and why that matters and why that points to this idea of God fulfilling his promises, God always keeping his promises, and why that matters for us at Christmas time. If we really wanted to, we could dive into every mention of this, um, and we're not going to have time for that this morning because... Um, it would be really fun, but it would take a long time. Um, so I'm just going to go to three different passages, give you a little bit of context and kind of trace the story and hope that we can um, whet our appetite going into these holidays of what is to come. So 
Now, the first passage that we're going to read here in just a minute is in Isaiah 8 and 9. And it's one that you've heard a lot. Uh, no matter where you are, you see it on Christmas cards. You see parts of it plastered on different signs and different things over the holidays. Um, but to get some context, we have to think about this. We're starting to give the kids some context. That's why we use the Gospel Project with our kids. So the kids understand that this story isn't just New Testament things. It's, it's how God is working through his people. Um, imagine that you're not a 21st century American. Uh, but you're actually a, a Jewish man or woman who lives in six to seven hundred years before Christ. You live in the seventh or eighth century before Christ. So you're a Jewish person. You're living in this promised land that God had promised your people. And, and you see this fulfillment because you live there. And yet it's not everything it was cracked up to be. Uh, you're kind of like, okay, God, this is good. But there's these Assyrians and the Babylonians. They're over here and they're trying to take our land from us. Um, in reality, we've had these really awful kings. Yeah, we wanted a king. We've had a couple good ones, but really a lot of really bad ones. And, and they've led us into idol worship. They've done all these things. And, and this context of you as the person hearing these words that we're about to hear is that you're living in a season of darkness. You're not living in this, oh my goodness, I know who Jesus is. I know what this means. I can live free because of Christ. You're living in this state of somewhat oppression, political cultural, some difficulties. We can't get into all of that this morning. You're probably doing your best to keep that law because you know that keeping the law, offering those sacrifices, doing those things is what you're supposed to do. But the reality is you're kind of in a season of darkness and you're waiting. This waiting is getting really long because you're not just waiting. Your ancestors have been waiting and you don't know it yet, but people are still going to wait for 400 more years. And so these words from Isaiah come into that context. It's easy to read them in our context of knowing, oh my goodness, that's about Jesus. This is awesome. But imagine that you weren't. Imagine that you're in that season of darkness. And you hear these words, and I'm going to read a selection from Isaiah 7 and 9, and there's a whole lot more, but we're going to read this together. They're going to be on the screen behind me. Uh, you can flip there if you want. We're going to start in Isaiah 7, 14, and then jump into chapter 9. And these are Isaiah's words when he's telling them of what is to come. He says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. The people who walked in darkness, that's you, you're knowing that that's about you, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has a light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Some of you could have recited those words with me because you probably memorized them. But when we think about the fact that they wouldn't have seen these words as being like, oh yeah, that's about that guy right there. They would have said, that's about somebody coming. That's about light coming, but it's not here yet. Um, and and it, I think sometimes it's easy to think that, oh, well, it all made sense because we get to look back. We're looking through the rearview mirror. We see the full story. But this, this passage was written to people who, yeah, they would remember hearing about Noah. They would remember hearing about God's promise never to flood the earth again, so at least they can hold on to that. Um, they might remember hearing this crazy story of Isaac, you know, Abraham and Rebecca, or Abraham and Sarah, way back when, um, were told that they were going to have a great family. They didn't have any kids. They're really old, and oh my goodness, and there's Isaac, and that's your great, 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 great grandfather or something, you might, you might be thinking. Well, yeah, I know God kept his promise to them, but is he really going to keep keeping his promises? You might remember the escape from Egypt. You might remember hearing stories of Moses and then Joshua and how they led God's people. And, and that you celebrate that every year at Passover and you're always looking 
yearning for what is to come. And Passover is about that. Okay, yeah, God passed us over for this thing to come. Looking forward to that Messiah. And, and this passage right here in Isaiah is coming into that context, coming into people that are looking for God to do something and waiting, expectantly, maybe frustrated, waiting. And God is renewing his commitment to them that a Messiah is coming, a light in darkness is coming, but there's still even a waiting ahead. But thankfully, we don't have to be waiting I know we're all really horrible at waiting. I don't know if you're like me. Um, if I don't see two-day shipping, I skip over the item. Um, I'm really glad Target's now doing two-day shipping. And not to mention, I got to order on pickups, so we didn't buy any of the extras the other day. So I just literally walked into the door, picked up the pull-ups. That's what we bought on Black Friday, uh, pull-ups. Um, grocery delivery, we just signed up for Instacart because our favorite store, Aldi, now delivers to our home. I'm, we're not very good at waiting anymore because, hey, why would I need to go and wait in line when somebody else can wait for me and send me a message that says, hey, those... Perfect bars aren't available, so can we get this one for you instead? Um, we're not very good at waiting. Um, I, I'm not sure how I would have done if I was the original recipient of this news from Isaiah of, hey, he's coming. And I'd be like, yeah, but, but I'm still waiting. I'm waiting in darkness, and this is really hard. But on the other hand, we do know what waiting is like. Some of you might be here today. You might say, actually, I, I know what waiting is like. I, I've been waiting for a long time for God to answer this prayer. I've been waiting for a long time for, for him to respond to this thing. I've been waiting for a family. I've been waiting for healing. I've been waiting for hope. So while we may not wait very well in the day-to-day functions, a lot of you do know what waiting is like. And so you can, you can connect to this audience. You can connect to these words. You see hope in what Isaiah is saying of, oh, there's something coming. There's light coming. The best news for us this morning is obviously our, book of, our Bible doesn't stop in Isaiah. It doesn't stop in the Old Testament. We look ahead. We see history through God's word. And as we look at this season of waiting, we know that the Messiah is coming, has come, and will come again. In these moments of restlessness and fear and worry, we can hold on to the truth that God always keeps his promises. And we see, as we look through scripture, how he has kept his promises to his people. And we have the next part of the story. So let's fast forward. Let's skip through dozens of awesome other prophecies that Jesus fulfills. Let's skip straight to John chapter 1. And as we're talking about this idea of the light of the world, I think it's important to see that right here in John chapter 1, we see that theme continue. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. This morning we could have jumped all around the Gospels. We could have told the story of how Oh, well, Jesus connects with Abraham because here's his genealogy. We could have told the stories of other things. But this morning, I just want to focus on this idea of the light of the world. This, this reason why Isaiah talks about this darkness and light is because John then is going to speak to this fulfillment of Jesus bringing light into the darkness. We know all the way back, really in Genesis, we saw this prediction occur when, when God speaks to the coming day when the snake will no longer have rule. When, when uh, We know that God says, uh, I, here's, I'm going to read it for you because I'm not going to do it justice. If you don't have the Jesus Storybook Bible, even if you're an adult, you should get it. Um, it's a really sometimes refreshing way of seeing this summary of what God has said. And I wanted to read for you from what God said in Genesis, in the Jesus Storybook Bible. Before they left the garden, God whispered a promise to Adam and Eve. It will not always be so. I will come to rescue you. And when I do, I'm going to do battle against this snake. I will get rid of the sin and the darkness and the sadness that you let in here. 
I'm coming back for you. And he would. One day, God himself would come. That's Genesis. We know this is coming. God promises it to Adam and Eve. They leave the garden knowing God said he's going to rescue us. What does that look like? We see in Isaiah that the people are walking in darkness, but they're promised they're going to see a great light. And now in John, we see this reality come true as Jesus, the Messiah, is born. He fulfills these prophecies, and it's said of him that the light who shines in darkness, the darkness has not overcome it. And Jesus, uh, John continues on in verse 14, if you're in John 1. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. This is the Christmas story. It's not just that Jesus is born, boom, into nothing. It's Jesus is born as the culmination of this history of promises of what God's going to do. Jesus came and he brought light into darkness because God keeps his promises of what was going to happen. So the Christmas story begins with this one promise. But this Christmas story continues with a second promise. You heard us just tell the kids about this. And I think this was the part that hit me as I was thinking through, um, through Scripture and what was, what, what, what was being said leading up to Christmas. How do we celebrate this Advent season, which is such a significant season for us as believers? It's to understand that, yes, there was one promise fulfilled, but there's another promise that's still yet to be fulfilled. And we have hope in that. In John 14, Jesus tells his disciples he's going to have to go away for a little while. But not to worry, because first of all, he's leaving the Holy Spirit, and he's going to come again. Jesus also tells us all the time about how we are the light of the world, and we can't even get into that, but this theme of light carries through as we see how God is working in this world to use us to be light and darkness. But let's skip to our final passage, where we see the ultimate fulfillment of this idea of light uh, coming through darkness and God's promises being fulfilled. In Revelation 22, we're hearing uh, of the revelation of what is to come. This is the future things that um, have been revealed to John, and we're excited to to follow through this and see this theme. Um, So read with me. It's on the screen behind me. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Read that again. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. That's not today. We know that that's not today because there is still darkness. Yeah, we know that there's light because in this room this morning, we have stories of the light coming through that darkness for each of us. And yet, we know God's not done yet. And there is a second promise. We started all the way back in Genesis, and we see this through here. And, And we know Yes, Jesus came. He fulfilled that promise. He's offered salvation to us. And that brings us comfort. But it's not done yet. God's work is not done yet. So when we look at Christmas, when we think about this season, we know that, yes, God is fulfilling his promises, but there's still another promise to come. I don't know about you, but I look at that, and that gives me hope. Because when you look around and you're like, man, this isn't quite what I think God has for us. Or, you know what? I'm really struggling because... That promise isn't yet fully true because look, look at this darkness that I'm facing. We know that the same God who kept that promise to bring a Messiah into the darkness is coming back again and that will be for eternity. And that is where our hope lies. That at Christmas time we are celebrating two promises. The promise 
that, the, that, the, that Jesus is coming, that the Messiah is coming, but that he's coming again once and for all. I hope that we can remember as we go into this Advent season that there's a reason why we have things like this. I don't know if you guys have one of these. Probably might be cardboard or might be, you know, whatever. This was made by um, a family member for us, and my kids actually found chocolate from last year in it because, I don't know, I'm not sure how they missed it, but um, they ate it. They said it tasted good. Um, The reason we have these things, um, the reason why we celebrate Advent is not just so that we can have extra gifts, although my kids would argue. Uh, The reason we celebrate Advent is because we celebrate a coming. We celebrate a coming that already happened, but we also celebrate a second coming. We celebrate that God keeps his promises, and he said he's coming back again. He said he left us his Holy Spirit. He said he meets us in these places. And so this morning is about entering the Christmas season, not just with excitement and joy because Jesus came, but with excitement and joy and hope because he's coming again. And that's what the Advent season is about. That's what Christmas is about. That's what we, as people who are in Christ, who are new creations, who have come to know him and have seen his light in the darkness in our lives, we have hope because there's more to come. And that's why we celebrate. That's why we are thankful, and that's why, hey, you might be like, David, you're starting Christmas too early. Uh, no, I don't think so, because we're on the heels of Thanksgiving. We, we all probably shared around the table the things we're thankful for, but what we can be most thankful for is that we love and serve and believe in a God who fulfills his promises. And so this next month, I have just two takeaways for you. I hope you remember this morning and the silly things that happened or something that God's word spoke to you. Um, but I hope going into this season that you'll take advantage of um, the time to make room to wait. Uh, that when you and your family are opening boxes that you're not just opening boxes and talking about waiting about the day when presents get opened. Um, but that's great, too, because guess what? We can talk to our kids about that. Um, we can remind ourselves about that. Um, but that we're waiting because Jesus is coming again. And what would it look like in our homes if our waiting and our anticipation and our expecting of God to fulfill his promises um, is just more full this year? That's my hope for myself. It's my prayer for you guys, and that's our prayer as a church. Um, so we're going to be sending out, this next season, we're actually we're not doing a Christmas series because we're really excited to continue to unpack our mission as a church. You heard us talk about that last week. Um, but we are going to take time each week to send you an email with some thoughts, some ideas, some recommendations of some Advent thoughts, some pointing you to Old Testament and to New Testament, pointing you to the fulfillment of these promises. And we're going to be doing that as a church family. It might make its way into a worship service one of these weeks. It might not. It might just be something that happens in your own home. But I hope you'll take advantage of the fullness of God's word that we have, of seeing these promises fulfilled throughout Scripture. And I hope you'll also look at one little passage that you should memorize, something from John 1, or Isaiah, or Revelation, or some other promise that you know, hey, right now, this is where I'm struggling, or this is what I need to hold on to. This is what God has for me, so I'm going to memorize this. I'm going to hide this word in my heart, because God is going to fulfill this promise, and I need to hold on to this truth. So I hope just those two things. Take time this season to remember, to read God's word, and to engage with this idea of waiting, and to memorize something that points you to who Christ is, and to this fulfillment of his promises. We're excited about this season, and one of the things as the band comes out here is that um, we wanted to respond with some reading of God's word. It wouldn't be fair to say, hey, let's remember God fulfills his promises, and then you'd be like, yeah, hang on, 
What promises are you talking about? Um, So we have six promises, um, and what's going to happen is somebody from the band is going to read a promise, and you're going to see the reference. It's all from God's Word. And we're going to respond. You guys are going to help me with this. Um, This is interactive, all right? Elementary schoolers, you guys can, if you can read, you'll see the words up there behind me. So the first part's going to be read by a band member, and I'm going to read the second line, and you're going to read the last line. Now, these aren't words we just came up with. We're reading all from Scripture here. So in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. So we are all going to read this together. So we're going to read a promise, and then we're going to read 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 1.20. For the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. We're declaring with these words that we know that God is going to make these things come true. God is doing these things in our lives. We can hold on to these promises. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And we, we say, say amen, amen through, Christ through Christ and to the glory, glory of God. Of God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, nine. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And we say amen through Christ and to the glory of God. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11.28 For no matter how many promises God has made, They are yes in Christ. And we say amen through Christ and to the glory of God. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And we say amen through Christ and to the glory of God. Come near to God and he will come near to you. James 4.8 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And we say amen through Christ and to the glory of God. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And we say amen through Christ and to the 